Hello and welcome to episode 141 of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. On this episode, Luke and I, we are going to talk about season two of Marvel's What If. So without further ado, hello Luke. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing super duper. Uh, Caleb has the week off this week. So uh, what if we did an episode about what if without Caleb? We'll nice. See how it goes. See? Yeah, see, already starting with the wordplay. Um, before we do get into what if, though, there's been a, some some news that has been uh, coming out this week. There's some movie news, and some of it is Star Wars related. And, you know, whenever there's something to do with Star Wars, I love to talk about it. So I'm not sure how much this has been on your radar. I'm pretty sure you've probably heard of it, but we haven't talked about it. And I want to hear your opinion. Um, it was a little bit... I don't know, about a week ago or so, it was the 9th specifically of January, I was driving to work and I got to work and I parked and I grabbed my phone and I checked my phone and I saw that there was a Twitter notification from the Star Wars uh, official Twitter account. And I'm like, oh, well, what is this about? And it said, it was a very simple tweet with a link to an article about the Mandalorian and Grogu. And how they're going to have their own feature film. So I tap the link and I'm like, wait a minute, what is, what, what is going on? So yeah, it was in this very simple article, 138 words to be exact, that they announced that Jon Favreau is going to be uh, writing and directing a feature film called, at this point, it's titled The Mandalorian and Grogu. It's going to go into production later this year. There's no release date, but we're getting a Mando and Grogu movie. Uh, did you see this? And if not, if so, whatever. I just want to hear your opinion. This is not a previously announced Star Wars movie. This is in addition to the other ones that were announced. So what do you think? This is the first time hearing of that. That's It's cool, but it changes things. You know, I sort of expected the end of The Mandalorian to be once we get that whole team-up movie and stuff. Um, right. but I don't know. That looks like things may have changed and that might not be the last time we see those characters. Um, because clearly everything is tying into each other. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I can't imagine they would do a movie that would be too separate from everything else. Um, but either way, I'm excited. I'm always down for more Mando and Grogu. So, the it doesn't give a ton of details and a not a ton of details have come out since the the tweet slash article was written but it did it did mention i believe if i'm recalling correctly the article did mention the other three movies that we already know about which was the dave filoni movie the um the ray skywalker movie post uh rise of skywalker and then the james mangold movie which is the you know, like the Dawn of the Jedi type of movie that's so set so far in the past. The first thing I thought of when I when I saw this was, oh, wait, is this going to be replacing the Dave Filoni movie? But it's not. In the article, it, it mentions Dave Filoni's movie. Um, so this is in addition to that. Now, the other thought that I had was, okay, well, maybe, maybe this is going to be in place of Mando season four. Maybe we don't get a Mando season four. Instead, we're getting a feature film to cover that those bases uh which i'm okay with because you know 
you know, I don't know. There's no, there's really been no details or announcements about Mando season four, but I agree with you about the connectivity of all of it. Now there was one quick line in there that confirmed what everybody has been waiting to hear, which is that Dave Filoni is currently uh, developing Ahsoka season two. Not sure if you had seen that or not, but I did hear about that. Okay. So we know that there's going to be a Mando and Grogu film. We know that there's going to be an Ahsoka season two. We also know about skeleton crew, which I believe takes place in the, in the time of the new Republic. So there's still definitely some connectivity going on, but I'm just wondering, like, I don't think that this Mando and Grogu movie is the big payoff because that's the Dave Filoni movie. That's the big, like Avengers assemble, um, thing where all the Mando and Ahsoka and all the different Boba Fett time stories come together. Uh, that's the Dave Filoni movie. So I'm wondering if now if the Dave Filoni movie is going to be like way into a few years away, if he's still developing Ahsoka season two and then this movie, I'm just wondering like if we're going to still have quite a few years of these stories to enjoy. I don't know. It usually takes like two to three years to produce a movie from beginning to end. Um, I guess two years on the short end and three on the long end, but I don't know. I'm excited about it. Anytime we get to see more uh, Star Wars on the big screen, I'm I'm super pumped about that. I agree. I also think they take better care of the movies. At least they put a little bit more um, more emphasis on making sure that they're getting the product that they want. Like, even though in the sequels, it might not have gone the way they wanted it to. There were a lot of curveballs thrown at them, and they really made sure that all the resources they could were put into it, whereas that's not always the case with the shows. Yeah, and they didn't tend to have, um, I mean, I guess, they tend to have bigger budgets and have a sort of a different look to them. Either way, for me, like Star Wars, going to see it in a, in a theater is like an event. And then on the heels of that, I think it was just the next, the very next day, Dave Filoni, well, at least Star Wars did, he, Dave Filoni uh, put out a sketch uh, officially, him officially um, confirming season two. I don't know if you saw that sketch or not. You probably did of uh, Sabine and Ahsoka standing on the hand that was pointing that Balin Skull was on from the father. I didn't see that either. Oh, I have to send it to you because Dave Filoni loves his sketches and he's had sketches that he's put out there about Ahsoka, like from the Clone Wars days and Rebels. Uh, and this is another really, really cool one. And it's literally just him sketching something. So I'll send it your way. It's really cool. I liked it. Um, there's also some Marvel news since we are talking about what if tonight. I wanted to make sure that I, I worked this in. Uh, Deadpool 3, there's some reports and rumors that we may get a Deadpool 3 trailer for the Super Bowl in just a matter of, what, a month, I guess? Uh, so I know that that's one of the things you mentioned last week is, that is that you're looking forward to is Deadpool 3. So what do you think about the prospects of seeing a trailer as, as early as a month away? It's about time. I mean, I've <laughs> been expecting to see something more, but we haven't seen anything other than the fact that I think Ryan Reynolds confirmed that it was going to be like a Wolverine Deadpool. Um, I forgot what he called it, but it was like a buddy road trip 
movie or something like that. That's all we've seen of it. So I remember when the second Deadpool was going to come out, we knew that they were going to be bringing in Cable. And before the first one came out, well beforehand, we knew about Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Colossus going to be in it. But this one, we haven't heard anything about it. Well, I'm trying to avoid things that I hear about it, and it keeps on finding me, so I'm not going to bother spoiling anything. But even uh, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman started to play around on their social media channels, like photoshopping characters into set pieces that people have been taking pictures of because there's been – they're filming this. Even Ryan Reynolds talked about it like – they're filming this in places where people can see things. So there's a lot of set photos that are hitting the internet and a lot of like, Oh, character confirmed type of clickbait articles and stuff being written. And Ryan Reynolds said, Hey, you know, part of making the kind of movie we want to make is filming it the way we want to film it. And sometimes that involves being out in places where other people can see what we're doing. Now we have to try to find a balance between making the movie we think is best for the fans and also holding back the surprises that we want the fans to experience as a part of watching the movie. So he wasn't like ragging on people putting this stuff out because he understands that people are excited about it. But it seems like every character ever to grace a screen in Marvel is rumored to be in this Deadpool three movie, which I think has the potential to be hilarious. but then even Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds started photoshopping like random weird characters into these set photos and tweeting them out saying like, oh, confirmed, so-and-so is going to be in Deadpool 3. So they're having fun with it. Uh, I can't wait to, to get a, a, a taste of what this is supposed to be like because I think, uh, I don't know, I just, I'm, so, I'm excited for it. Knowing what Deadpool can be about and knowing that Hugh Jackman's going to be a part of it uh, and then especially where we're at with Marvel, who knows what's going to happen in this movie. So to potentially get some kind of a teaser, I'm excited, especially because they seem to be holding the trailers now until like, I don't know, like three months before movies come out. You remember when trailers would come out like a year before a movie? Now it doesn't seem like they do that anymore. Yeah, and I don't get it. I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing. And some people don't want to see too much they want they want to be completely surprised i like a happy medium somewhere in between don't show me too much but i still like to see some things because i just enjoy that stuff so um another thing that's out there that's running around and it's sort of interesting that it's coming out around the same time that echo came out um there are reports that foggy nelson and karen page from the netflix daredevil show uh will be in born again and daredevil born born again so that had not been confirmed it still isn't confirmed apparently but now there was some question and some doubt like is are these characters even going to be in this show but it seems like they they might be so what do you think about that good i know that it's probably not going to be the same as the netflix shows but i would still like to see some consistency between the two and I think having the two next biggest characters in the Daredevil show in Born Again would be a great way to connect them. So something interesting happened along the along these lines, talking about connecting them to the uh, Netflix shows. Um, 
if you look on Disney Plus, you there they've always had like a timeline order where you can watch the Marvel, uh, not just the movies, but the shows and even those one shots that they would put on like DVD releases where they were like little uh, extra little scenes, but they still connected stories together. They have a timeline order where you can watch the Marvel stuff on Disney plus. Well, just this last week when echo dropped and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because I want to talk about echo on another episode. So I'm not even going to go down the echo rabbit hole right now, but when echo dropped on Disney plus all of a sudden the daredevil jessica jones luke cage iron fist defenders the punisher shows all showed up in the mcu timeline order now they don't have the x-men stuff in there they don't have every marvel thing produced so they're not saying that such and such and this and that are canon but now those netflix shows uh, they show up in the timeline viewing order of of the MCU and a lot of people are out there saying well this is confirmation that they are canon. I don't know that I've seen Marvel say that, but I don't know. For me that's pretty exciting cuz I really enjoyed those shows and that was always a question when they were going on is like does this count? Is this actually in the MCU? And it seems like the answer is yes. And it should be. I mean there's some lackluster parts of it and even though it might not feel like the um like the other disney plus shows the marvel disney plus shows i still think there's a ton of potential there and it would be a waste to not use it they're so good i mean like you said some some are better than others but some of them are are extremely extremely enjoyable and the prospect of them being actual stories in the mcu is pretty exciting to me so um all right cool well uh last bit of news last two things just real quick uh, that are non-Star Wars, actually, and non-Marvel related, is that Top Gun 3 apparently is in development. We watched Top Gun Maverick, and we even did an episode on it, something that we all really enjoyed going to see the move at the movie theater. Uh, so a lot of other people did too, because it made like a billion dollars. Um, so apparently Top Gun 3 is, is in development. I don't know, like, give me your best pitch. What do you think is going to get these pilots back up in the air uh, I think it might be just like maybe a beach volleyball documentary. I don't, I'm not sure. What do you think? That's what I was thinking. Like somebody is threatening the beach and they have to protect it. And they're going to cast Ryan Gosling in it. I hope so. Ryan Gosling should I, be in everything. I mean, he just, I know his, his shtick in Barbie was like, ironically top gun, but he pulled it off so well. <laughs> he could do it seriously. He could, he could, maybe he can be like the villain and he, he is a threat to national security and Miles Teller and Tom Cruise challenge him to a beach volleyball match. And instead of going to war, they will settle the dispute on the beach. What do you think? Is that, does you think that, that um, Hollywood would get behind something like that and make a movie like that? I don't know why they wouldn't. <laughs> you know, all all disputes should be settled on the beach, right? Because beach. Not swimming, not being a lifeguard, just beach. Just beach. Just, you know, what would the world be like if beach just settled everything? 
I would think it would be so much better. You know, if they just beached, we wouldn't have had the next point on my little list of news stories to share with you, which is that Oppenheimer releases on Peacock on February 16th. So if you would, if you're interested in rewatching Oppenheimer, um, you can on Peacock starting in just about a month. But as I said, if Beach just settled everything, we wouldn't have even had an Oppenheimer movie. So, you know, it is what it is. I have a question for you, though. Yeah. Are you going to rewatch Oppenheimer now that it's going to be available for streaming? Probably. I don't know if I'm going to jump right at it, but I'm sure at some point I'll want to rewatch it. It's a really good movie. It is a really good movie, and I don't want to rewatch it. So not because I, I have I just it's just so disturbing. It's a hard movie to watch. But hey, you can listen to our thoughts on Oppenheimer if you haven't listened. We made an episode for you on that one too, where I go on and on and on about how the sound is incredible. But yeah, that's a whole other story. You can go check it out if you like. So what if we talk about what if? What do you think? What if? What if season two, we are getting to it a little bit late, but that's just because of stuff. And I want to tell you that I love this show. I loved the first season and enjoyed the second season tremendously. What did you think about the first season before we get into season two? I loved the first season, especially it was coming out sort of in the in the mix of a lot of other things. Um, I don't know the exact timing of it, but I remember it sort of being swept under the rug, like or not swept under the rug, but a lot of other people were paying attention to the other projects that were coming out at the same time. Um, and I remember being very excited for each episode of what if, because they were just so different. That's what I was going to ask uh, also about. Uh, that's one of the things that I liked about it too, is this, this, the, how different it is that what we're used to. Um, but what do you think about the concept because this is something that goes back all the way to comics. And again, disclaimer, I didn't read a lot of comics growing up. I'm not an expert on Marvel comics, um, but we've watched a whole lot of MCU. Uh, so we, I do know that this concept goes all the way back to the comics. I think it's an incredible concept where it doesn't really have to count. It can count if you want it to, but so far it really doesn't. Um, but I just think that it's such a fun concept that you can take these characters and just sort of spin these zany tales about them. And it provides such unique storytelling. So what, what about you? What do you think about the concept in and of itself? I love it. I've, I've read enough comics to know about different storylines than just the ones in the movie. And there's so many stories to tell. And one thing that DC had over Marvel for a long time was the the animated shows and the movies and stuff that they had that were independent of each other, they spanned so many different timelines and so many different stories. So you got to see some of your favorite stories or your favorite characters doing different things rather than, you know, remaking similar stories every single time, right? Um, and I'm so glad that we get to see that because Marvel has so many cool characters and it doesn't necessarily have the same firepower that DC does with their heroes and villains, in my opinion. But I think a, 
show like this is perfect for smaller characters who can get an episode in or two and have a great story told whereas they wouldn't have that in a movie or their own series. Yes, I agree. Um, so let's get into season two because you're sort of leading me right down that path and, and one more pause. And I got to go backwards because one of the things I actually skipped over in my news was that there's reports that there might be a star Wars. What if in, in development uh, and what do you think about, I mean, I sort of looked at visions as sort of a star Wars. What if, but not because visions is just super unique in and of itself. But would you want to see a, a, a star Wars version of, of this show? Absolutely. I feel like we've talked about this before. We had a whole episode maybe, where we did a Star Wars What If. Yeah. Um, I would love it. There's so many different things that you could do, and Star Wars spans so much time, and there's so many different characters, and each decision changes so much throughout nine movies, but that doesn't even include the characters that are introduced in star wars the clone wars or the newer shows or the comics or the books or anything like that and there's just so much potential there and i think it would be a great way to see where the audience is at that way you can test the waters a little bit right Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. the mandalorian i don't know if they planned on having that be their new crown jewel but it became that Right. And (laughs) because of that, they have continued to make season after season and tie it into other stuff. And that's the new direction of it. Right. Of the entire franchise. And I think this would be a good way of, okay, what if we introduce a character in this? Or what if we put a character in this position and see how people react to it? And that would be a good way for them to um, to see what the audience wants, because honestly, it sort of feels like it's the same with Marvel, where they're not telling a lot of the stories that people are particularly interested in. And I think it's showing in their box office and streaming numbers. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very well could be. Um, so let's, let's now get into season two then of what if, so what were some of your highlights or some of your general thoughts about season two? Um, we will give a spoiler warning at this point. Spoilers are coming for, Every episode, we're going to talk about potentially every episode. We're not going to go episode by episode, breaking them all down. We'll have more of a general discussion, and we can get into details about certain things if you like, but it doesn't necessarily going to be episode by episode. So, But we we may be talking about everything, uh, including season one as well. So if you haven't watched season one or two of, of What If, go check them out. Totally worth your time. Uh, and then come back and listen to our discussion because... Uh, It's great, and we're going to be spoiling stuff randomly. You never know what might come up. So, Luke, what were some of your your general thoughts on the second season? And even compared to the first season, I didn't expect the first season, since we're in spoiler mode now, I didn't expect it to tie in at the end of the the season like it did. But they did. They, They told us some individual standalone stories, and then all of a sudden it actually led to a payoff in season one. Some, something similar, uh, but I think a little bit uh, more more of a small scale for season two. But what did you think about the season as a whole and just uh, some general thoughts on that? I thought it was good. Um, 
I think season one, I wouldn't. I would say I enjoyed more, but season two was still really good. Um, I really liked the first episode, the Nebula episode. I loved the the concept of it. the The art style in every episode in both seasons is pretty similar. Um, but I loved the the way that they showed the Nova Core, and it sort of felt like Blade Runner esque because it was, um, it was futuristic but grimy and dark, and I really liked that. Um, I always love Peggy Carter stuff. I was so glad they had her, Captain Carter, in the first season, and I love that they brought her back for the second one too because she was my favorite character in it. Um, the happy hogan hulk one that one was that one was great it was it was really weird and at first it was a little eye rolling but it grew on me um but i think my favorite one is probably the second to last one the the one where i think it was called what if the avengers assembled in 1602 yeah 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 i think that one was my favorite one that one was wild. Like they just kept throwing Avengers characters into this show. And I couldn't believe what was happening. And then having introduced uh happy Hogan and the Hulk, which is one of my highlights from the entire season is when they called him Hulk Hogan. Did you catch that in that, in that Christmas episode? Yeah. I had been waiting for it the entire time. <laughs> Because you, so you see, you you see the art of it before you watch the the episode, and then as it's happening, you're like, okay, it's Hulk, it's Happy Hogan, Hulk Hogan. You're waiting and you're waiting, and then they finally said it. So good, and then they brought him back, and and Happy was one of my, you know, one of my favorite characters actually in in the whole season two. And not only when he was the big rage monster, but also in that episode you're talking about, the 1602 episode, he was he was so um, it even took me a while to realize it was happy because he was wearing like his armor and whatever. And the 1602 and talking like a 1602 person would talk and he, but he was just so pretentious and he was so arrogant in that, in that episode. And then he ends up turning into his purple self and we got a good uh, Hulk versus Hulk Hogan fight, which is something I think is unique to this show because it's animated and the animation style is so cool. I love how it looks. You're able to have these, like I, we wouldn't be able to have that in a Disney plus show in, in a live action one, right? How, could you imagine the amount of CGI uh, staffing and the budget it would take to, to do something like that. But in animation, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's so much more accessible and uh, readily available for us to, to watch. And I think it was, it was great. Um, that, that whole thing, that whole episode was wild because you've got, you've got agent Carter. She's again, soldier out of time. Um, you got Nick Fury there and he's dressed up. <laughs> They're just one of my favorite parts about that episode was Tony Stark not having really a, well, he didn't have a suit, right? He had tech, he built some tech, but he didn't have a suit. And so he relied on 
um, his intellect, but at the same time, he was a little bit dopey. So yeah, that was, that was such a good episode. Uh, I have to tell you though, that one of my favorite things about the entire season is Korg. Korg was in a couple episodes. You mentioned the one in Neb- with Nebula and he, he just cracks me up. He's, he may be one of my favorite side characters, maybe my favorite side character, even from the movies. He's great. <laughs> just, and Taika Watiti, he just, it, the way that he voices him, it just gets me every single time. I mean, like they're in, um, in, in the Nebula episode, I think it's when Nebula shows up and Howard the Duck is there and they're playing rock, paper, scissors because there's a rock and, and then there was a little guy that was made of like blades. And I just, it's just the, the comedy in the, in that episode was, was excellent. Um, so you mentioned that this, the one 1602 is, is one of your favorites, but what are, what are a couple of the other, of your other top episodes that you, if you had to recommend three episodes to watch of this season, which episodes would they be knowing that the 1602 is one of them? Yeah, it would be, what if the Avengers assembled in 1602 and then the one with Cahorty, that one was great. I don't remember the name of that episode, but that one was great as well. And then probably the first one, what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? Interesting. Very, very cool. I'm so glad you brought up uh, Cohorty because that's called uh, What If Cohorty Reshaped the World? And I actually want to talk about that one specifically. Uh, I mentioned that we're not going to go one by one, but I want to talk about that episode specifically because I think it was so unique and different. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to give you some of my thoughts on it, but you brought it up. So what what were some of the things in that episode that resonated with you that made you bring up that one as a as a top like recommendation for people to watch this show it was far more serious than i think all the rest of them um it was very real with the spanish conquistadors um you know they showed guns and people being shot and people in chains and it was very real and I think that added to um, why it was so important for us to see Kahori's development and her character arc, because it made us root for her immediately. And I loved how she was so rebellious, even though you know she was in a very happy place. And I forgot what they called um, the world she went in when she went through the through the lake i think um, it, i think they called it the sky world the sky world yeah but you know people didn't age and they were happy and healthy but she wasn't satisfied with it because she wanted to go take care of her her tribe and i thought that was such a important part of the show or important part of the episode and it added a different dynamic to it than we had seen in the other episodes and i also loved that we haven't seen something like that yet it was so new and different right they haven't really shown i i can't think of a time where we've seen a native american superhero or an indigenous superhero in or on the big screen like that right and it's like i brought up earlier about the testing the waters right 
I don't know if this character has existed before. I don't know if they came up with it for the show or if they took her from the comics or what, but they hit it out of the park. And if they wanted to bring her into live action or what if season three and stuff like that, I think they totally could. Well, I have some answers for you um, based on what you just said. She is a brand new character. She never existed in the comics and they created her just for what if season two. Uh, so the storytelling potential for her is, is completely unlimited because there's no backstory at all. Uh, I have a coworker who is irritated that, he, that they created a new, a new character for what if, when he's just like, they literally have thousands of characters in Marvel. Why are they creating a brand new one? And I'm like, dude, she's awesome. The story was fantastic. Why are you having an issue with this? But he's like a super, like he was, he's in, he's been into Marvel comics since forever. Uh, but I'm like, let it go. You just don't like new things. <laughs> it was awesome. It's a fair point, but I mean, she's a great character. And if they were to bring her back or start making comics about it, I'm sure they would do well because she was an amazing character. I love that um, she's like a super, she has like super speed. Like, I mean, her powers are, I, I think, as of yet, still undefined, right? Because she's literally powered by the Tesseract. Um, I mean, we know another character that's like that, Wanda, and uh, also uh, Pietro. Maximoff, they both got their powers from the uh is it the space stone if i'm right is it loki's staff right that they yeah i think so so that never registered to me that they would be similar but they are right and so kahori got also got her powers from us from a, an infinity stone because it's from the tesseract and i that was one of the things i really enjoyed too is the the way that they explained that uh so ragnarok came to asgard before like it was supposed to and there's this big battle and the tesseract is thrown down out of that realm and arrives on midgard um aka earth now i do have one little nitpick and you know me i don't really care about nitpick about little nitpicky things but i'm gonna bring this up because um because of my my history studies so they focused in on like the Northeast when the Tesseract was falling down to earth. It landed in the Northeast. The Spanish conquistadores never went that, never went that far North. They were in the Southeast United States and the Southern parts in the West and down in Latin America. So look at me, history nerd, nitpicking uh, Marvel animated. What if saying that the Spanish conquistadores were not up that far North. So, that was just one little thing. They, if they had made it like the British, then maybe, maybe I would be like, okay, but here, do I get points for being a nerd and um, pointing that historical inaccuracy out? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Especially when we're talking five Colby cast bucks, five Colby cast bucks. Oh my gosh. I didn't know we had those. Who has those? Do you have those? You have those. I don't know where I have those. Well, I have to look around. Uh, anyway, but I, I love that the the origin was cool. the The way that it opened up this whole other uh, portal and the like, sort of dimension because it's the space stone, right? That's in the Tesseract, if I'm remembering correctly. That, is that right? Um. Yeah, I think so. We may have to check the Google machine for that, but I'm thinking it is a space stone. And anyway, yeah, so it would make blue. sense. 
and it would make sense that it would create another another dimension right um yeah but she has to make this decision and uh, you you sort of uh brought it up with we haven't really seen an episode like this because this could be a completely this could be a non-marvel story right it doesn't really have anything to do with marvel the mcu except for the beginning and the fact that it's a tesseract and she ends up stopping the conquistadores in their tracks what would that look like for history like what if what if the she literally did reshape the world because i mean that whole part of history led into the industrial revolution and you know anyway i'm not going to go down on that long rabbit trail but the whole world would look different if someone had stopped the 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 conquistadores in their tracks like she did and one of the things i liked the most about it was at the end of this episode she shows up right and she and she's facing their queen and she's like we're clearly more powerful than you we can take you out but we don't want to we want to live in peace so stop and i love when a story can tell us that and not have to end in you know both sides wanting to engage in violence and fighting they wanted peace they were clearly more powerful as a people group and they and what they wanted was peace so yeah just a really um amazing episode very very powerful yeah, and I hope I, I'm I'm like you. I hope we see her down the road somewhere else, and we do see her in the finale. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing these stories explored uh, in in other formats as well. So, speaking of the finale, what did what was your opinion of this season's finale? Because you know, Strange shows up at the end of sixteen o two, and he's still trying to find Christine. And he, we find out that he's been in his little sanctorum type of thing. And he's got these crystals with all these universe ending creatures in it. And we, we are treated to a very bombastic fight uh, between uh, Peggy Carter, uh, agent, I'm I'm sorry, Captain Carter, uh, Nahori and, uh, and Strange. What did you think about the, the finale? I thought it was okay. Um, I really liked where they left Strange. And if we would have seen him as actually just paying his penance and trying to save other multiverses, I think I would have liked that a lot more than, hey, here's this character who had this awesome redemption last season, and now he's bad again, right? I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um yeah, I agree. But and and especially when you have so many options, they could have made it anything, right? Um, but I I thought that even though I wasn't crazy about the plot, I still think it was a well done episode. Um, you know, with all the characters throwing their weapons at at uh, Captain Carter for her to use at the end when she's fighting him, and seeing all the different characters coming out and stuff. I thought it was really cool, like seeing um seeing Killmonger again. That was cool. Even though it was just for a second, all that stuff I thought was great. Super entertaining. All that stuff was super entertaining. And I love seeing Captain Carter in the like infinity suit that was sort of like Ultron esque, right? Yeah. I mean 
Captain Carter is awesome. I, I, I sort of, I, I'm okay if they stop telling us stories about her and Steve never getting a happy ending. We get it. I get it. I understand. It tugs at the heartstrings and it sort of makes Endgame uh, even more unique, I guess, because maybe in that universe is the only universe they get their happy ending. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I need, you know, I hope they don't go back to that well anymore, you know, with the whole her and Steve dynamic, um, because I think they've made their point. Uh, so I, but I agree with you about strange. I don't know that it was, I don't know. I, I wish that they had, uh, maybe gone a different direction if they want somebody to be a threat, especially cause it didn't build up to anything like the, like last season they were building up to this, the, the finale, uh, with the, the defenders of the, or what are they called? The guardians of the multiverse, which I thought was a cool concept. Um, they sort of built up to that. This one, he literally just pops in at the end of the, the second to last episode. And he's like, Oh, you know, here, let's go. And then they set it up. So it was okay. I agree with you. It was just okay. One thing it did make me do is it made me go directly to Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness and watch the Illuminati scene. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to see that so much after watching that episode, but we're not talking about that. I don't want to spoil anything about that. So in case somebody out there hasn't seen that, um, but it brings up another question I have for you. The, this show doesn't need to connect. It doesn't need to have any connective tissue. Do you like that connective tissue that it's shown us? It's going to, it's done twice now where it's sort of built to something and paid off at the end. Or would you rather see like the first four episodes of this season were completely independent of each other. And we did not revisit them. Like I'm taught, I'm thinking about um, like the, 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 what if Tony Stark crashed into the, to the, to the uh, grand master, um, uh, the, the, you mentioned the Nebula one, Peter Quill, what, uh, what if Peter Quill attacked the earth's mightiest, uh, heroes. And then the happy Hogan says Christmas, they didn't revisit any of those characters or those storylines. And I find that those were four of my favorite episodes, but in the second half, we start seeing a little bit of connective tissue. And then you even bring in Kahori at the end after setting her up in the previous episode. So, um, do you like that connective aspect of it or would you prefer to see just more individual uh, stories? I think there's a happy medium. Um, I like having every episode be independent because it introduces more characters and tells more stories. Whereas if you have story arcs, then, you know, you sort of just stay within those characters um, but I think the best way to go about it is how they did the first seasons of The Clone Wars, where every episode is different, but occasionally you'll have two or three episodes that connect, and then you move on to a completely different one and stuff like that. Um, I think that's the best way to do it, but there were also way more episodes in each season and more seasons of The Clone Wars. Um so I don't know what their plan is for what if, but I think if they were to continue that, I would like to see it where, you know, a couple independent episodes, couple arcs, couple independent episodes, couple arcs. I'm going to be greedy and just say if they could do it like they did with season one, keep doing it that way. <laughs> I guess it's more difficult 
to do it. It's easier said than done, right? Because I, I don't think it worked as well in this season. I'm not, I don't, I overall enjoyed the season and I would rewatch these episodes, but I just feel like I was entertained more by the first four than the last five with the exception of the Kohori um, uh, episode. Cause that was just, uh, it was from all the reasons we've already said, it's just amazing. Um, so I wouldn't mind. Well, I'll see where they go with it. Like, I hope there's a season three. I want more. What if, uh, but I do think that they sort of went back to the well uh, with season two in those regards. And I'd like them, I'd like to see them surprise me again in season three. There is also a Marvel zombies coming up. So I can't wait to see what that's going to be about. I don't know when that's coming out, but it is animated. Like a show. short film or I, I think it's a series. And it's the same animation style as What If, and it's a spinoff of the zombie episode from season one. I have no idea Love what it. this is about. <laughs> but I, well, the zombies episode was one of my favorite episodes of, the, of season one, so I'm interested. Yeah, for sure. I also loved seeing Darcy Lewis <laughs> in the Happy Hogan episode. She's making jokes about, like, um, what was it? Like, uh, she's the... Uh, Die Hard? Well, diehard jokes all day long. Yes, absolutely. But she's also like the the longest tenured uh, intern. And Happy is just like, have you ever been paid for a job you have? And <laughs> she's talking about just the Happy and Darcy stuff in that episode was magnificent. It was so funny. Um, and that's one of the things I love about What If is that we get to see those types of characters. And there's no stakes. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned Darcy because she was a highlight for me of that. I, I think... That one and the Iron Man crashing into the Grandmaster may be my top two favorite favorite episodes as far as entertainment value alone. Like I had such a such a thrill ride with those. Out the Iron Man stuff on on the Grandmaster's planet was so cool with that race. I mean, are you kidding me? He's like racing through all these things. Like I would play a video game of that episode. And it is awesome. And I love the fact that it tied into like um, the end of the first Avengers movie where instead of falling back to earth after saving the planet from the Chitauri, he finds himself crashed on this planet like Thor did in, in Ragnarok. And of course I got more Korg super happy to see that. I love, love me the Korg. Uh, but then like he's, he's driving around racing in this, in this vehicle that ends up turning into a suit, right? And he's able to, uh, ah, I just thought it was so creative. And the back and forth between him and the Grandmaster was incredible. Like if I were to go back and I could only watch one episode of this season, I'm watching that one because I just, I, I literally cackled for most of that episode. Just loved it. That episode made me appreciate Ragnarok a lot. Because Ragnarok felt like that entire episode, but in a movie. Yeah. Um, it was just, oh man. And, and <laughs> when the Grandmaster, Jeff Goldblum, he he's so funny. Like he, he's so weird in the best way possible. Um, and just some of the dialogue in the, in that, uh, in that whole, the whole episode was just ridiculous. And it made me, I don't know, it was endlessly endlessly entertaining just absolutely loved it 
I wish I could like recall some of the dialogue just off the top of my head, but I wouldn't even try to say it like Jeff Goldblum or Korg or any. And can I tell you that the dude that does Tony Stark's voice is magnificent? Doesn't that sound like Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, it's great, but I like that it's not exactly the same. Yeah. Um, but I think it does it does it justice for sure. He sure does, and it, and it, it's not and it's not Robert Downey Jr. I find it funny that they bring a lot of people back to do the characters' voices, but like the big ones are not there. Robert Downey Jr., uh, uh, Captain America is not there. Scar- um, what's the uh, uh, Black Widow also is not Scarlett Johansson, uh, but then they have like uh, Mark Ruffalo is there, and um, I mean, so many other people. Chris Hemsworth. Thor is constantly popping up, and I'm I'm afraid that they might be a little bit too close of to overusing Thor. So stop using Thor and give me more Korg. I guess is what I'm trying to say. But Chris Hemsworth is is more than down to uh, to voice him. I guess he's because he's always doing it. Speaking of Thor, the Hella episode with uh, the Ten Rings was weird. I thought it, it was, was good. Weird. But it was very different. Like the the way that they combined two extremely different stories was I didn't know how it was gonna go and about halfway through I was still on the fence about it. But mm-hmm. I ended up liking it. I did too. I liked it because of the ending. Uh because she had I mean, it's really good storytelling. If you can take like the goddess of death uh, and have her have a story arc in like 25 minutes. That's, that's, that's good storytelling. Like you just know what you're doing if you're able to accomplish that. Um, all right, cool. Any, any, I have one more question for you, but do you have any final thoughts before I ask you for this question? Nope. So my question for you is what character do you want to see in future? What ifs that we haven't seen so far? Uh, there's so many characters in the MCU and they've reused quite a few of them. So what are some that haven't gotten uh, screen time that you would like to see get a get a story? Well, one when you say that, my first thought um, is I want to start seeing X-Men, right? They have the rights to them. I, I want to start seeing them. Um, I don't know if they have a plan on doing that, but I would love to see... Because that's a whole other side of Marvel. It pretty much doubles it in size, right? With how many X-Men characters, like how many mutants you have, the Fantastic Four, all that stuff. Um, Even though we've seen Spider-Man in the Zombies episode, I would like to see more. Um, But I do think that they're a little concerned about stepping on the... the, into the Spider-Verse area um because you know you don't you don't want to conflict too much with that but a character who we haven't seen that i would love to see would be um ah i just forgot his name um he was in guardians of the galaxy 3 uh something adam adam warlock adam warlock i want to see adam warlock um because i think he's gonna be part of the MCU going forward, right? We saw him at the end of um yeah, at the three. end of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 with mm-hmm. the new Guardians. Um 
and this would be a good way for us to get to know his abilities or sort of what he can be like at times. But if you want a little bit of a deeper cut, I want Century. Look him up. Century. Century. If you look him up, he looks like Superman. Like, I think he has an S on his chest. Um, But he's got, like, long blonde hair, and he's, like, kind of terrifying. I don't think he's a mutant, but I would love to see Sentry in it. He's um, he's super powerful, and I don't even know if we've seen him in, um, like, some of the older animation stuff that was done even before Disney purchased Marvel. I don't know why this name is in my brain, but I I'm I, I put him into the Google machine as you were talking and I don't recognize him, but I want to, I don't know. My brain is so scrambled with details. I don't know if there's something in development with this character, but I know I, I, his name is in my brain for something. I don't know anything about him. I'll, I did. I did find out that uh, according to the Google, um, his name is Robert Reynolds, which sounds a lot like Ryan Reynolds, and is also known as Bob Reynolds. And I think that that is just such a n- weird name for a comic book hero, Bob Reynolds, especially with glowy eyes, and it looks like he has a big S on his belt buckle. Yeah, I don't know anything about this guy, but yeah, I'd like to, if you're bringing him up, I want to know why, so... You brought up Spider-Man, and I never even thought about I put him on my list, too. He was in a little bit of season one, nothing in season two, but I never even thought about the Across the Spider-Verse stuff. And if, did you notice that in some of these scenes, especially in the finale, some of the animation started to look a little bit, at least it reminded me of some of the Across the Spider-Verse stuff. Like when they're blasting like like um, solid colors of power, it started to have show like black bubbles in it, like it does in the Spider Verse stuff. Did you see that? I didn't notice that, um, but it's hard not to when they're, you know, animation can be very liber- liberating. Um, but when you have like the loud splash of color and the vibrancy of that, I think it's going to look a little bit similar, no matter what. Um, but yeah, I, that never registered me. I would like to see more Spider-Man stuff, but that's just because I like Spider-Man, but it's a good point. I'm not sure I want to see it with the Spider-Verse stuff going on. And actually I know why Sentry is in my brain because the actor that he was supposed to be in Thunderbolts, the character is supposed to be in Thunderbolts, which is a movie coming up in the next couple of years. Steven Yoon was supposed to play him. Uh, He was, he's a character. He's an actor that was from the walking dead, I think. Um, But he is recently left the role so yes i think the character is supposed to be in the thunderbolts but i know nothing about him but i'm glad that i remembered that's why that's why it was in my brain uh you know who i would like to see in a what if episode is yelena from black widow i would love to see something like nebula style where it could be a grounded a grounded story like maybe a spy story we we got we got Natasha in the Peggy Carter one. The Peggy Carter and Natasha one was awesome, um, where they were in that like that that little neighborhood place, like where they're fighting uh, against the Red Room and everything. Um, 
but it got to be pretty sort of like uh, fantastic. Uh, but I would, I, I mean, Elena is a hilarious. And you know what? Just for grins and giggles, throw Kate Bishop in that episode with Elena because some of their scenes in Hawkeye together were absolutely magnificent. They were, they have such great chemistry together. So making a, a what if episode with those two characters uh, yesterday, please. Um, yeah, so those are the characters I, I, I did. I mentioned I said Spider-Man. So yeah, Spidey, Elena, and uh, and, and Kate Bishop. So um, there's no news about a, a what if season three. So I don't know if you've seen anything. I haven't seen anything officially announced, but I hope they keep doing it. I'm enjoying them. I, I, I really like the show something. They're just so easy to watch and consume. So uh, and fun to talk about, too. So thanks for joining me on the episode to talk a little bit about it. Um, yeah, so you you got everything off your list. You don't have any other final thoughts. No, um, if you would have asked me before season two came out, I would have said I want to see Howard the Duck, but I'm very glad they brought in Howard the Duck. I want more of them. We own the Howard the Duck movie. It was one of my absolute favorite movies as a child, and it hurts me when I hear people absolutely pan it and talk about how what a disaster of a film it is because it's not it's it was one of my favorite movies i think i saw that thing probably five six seven times in theaters i absolutely adore that movie and we own it on dvd if you'd ever like to sit down and watch it with me i think i have to just to say that i have it's a lucasfilm movie the same people that made star wars made howard the duck what Mm -hmm. yep yep it's it's I have not seen it in years. We should sit down and watch that. We should sit down and watch it. Okay. Although, full full transparency, I'm not sure. You know, I don't even know when that movie came out. I know it was in the 80s. Um, but I'm trying to find out exactly, exactly what year it came out. Oh, yeah, 1986. 1986 was a banner year for Colby. 1986, I turned 11 years old. And I'm not sure if I liked Howard the Duck because of Howard the Duck or if it was because of the massive crush I had on Leah Thompson. It could be one or the other, or it could be both. I don't know. It's sort of a perfect storm. So Howard the Duck, we're sitting down and watching it. Hey, I have a question for our listeners. Let us know. Would you like us to do an episode about Howard the Duck? Because we'll watch it and we'll talk about it. Tell us. Let us know. Reach out on the X, on the threads, on the... the instagram on all that stuff let us know you want to hear us talk about howard the duck we'll talk about it all right well that's going to do it then uh so thank you all for listening this is colby for luke reminding you that even rocks are scared of paper you can find the colby cast on twitter and instagram at the colby cast if you're wordy like me you can send an email to the at gmail.com Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.